Welcome to Dr. Cindy Speaks. Regular musings and reflections on politics, current events. Dr. Cindy Banyer is a mom and small business owner fighting for our water, our health, our community. She's running for the people of Southwest Florida, trying to flip Florida 19 from red to blue. Listen as she speaks truth to power. Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Cindy Banyer for Dr. Cindy Speaks Daily Diatribe. And this podcast is being recorded at 9.21 p.m. on Thursday, January 12th, 2023. Happy Thursday. I have had a fulfilling day myself, lots of things going on. We recorded our live session of Juice Fresh Talk with Chantel Rhodes, so that's great. Another amazing podcast here offered by Big Mouth Media, and definitely check that out. If you want to listen in, you can find it on the Big Mouth Media website, bigmouthmediafl.com, or you can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, so you can find it on Apple or Spotify or just about anywhere else, but definitely check it out. We do a edited version that we release on Mondays and then a live show on Facebook and coming soon to other platforms as well, but Facebook for now on Thursdays as well. So would love to have you there 6 p.m. And you can join us in person at Seed and Bean Market downtown Fort Myers as well. I also had my first day on campus at FGCU today. That's always a wonderful thing. Get back with the students. I really love them and helping them understand and appreciate our government. And I'm also back to teaching a section of global studies as well. So I'm teaching young people about some of the biggest issues we face in the world today. Feeling invigorated, although completely exhausted. So let's talk about what's going on here today. The Biggest news items were surrounded around Biden and then also in inflation. So inflation numbers were released and it shows for December that there was in the consumer price index was 6.5% above the year before. So what that means is that prices are still high, relatively high compared to how they were in the past year. However, they, the Inflation, the, the consumer price index has been going down since the summer. It was a high of 9.1% earlier in 2022, and things have been cooling off. So this is good for a few reasons, because it means that it's likely that the financial tools that the Federal Reserve has been using, like increasing the interest rate, has helped to tamp down some of the demand. But there's also some other indicators that there could be potentially broader weakening in the economy as we saw big companies like Goldman Sachs laying off more than 3,000 workers, as has been the case in many banking and tech sector jobs. So they may be forecasting some harder times ahead. For us. So it's a mixed bag. It's still high inflation and still hurting American families, still hard to buy items. Housing and gasoline have gone back up, although not as high as they had been. It's still really hard to be a working American today. That's for sure. So we'll look forward to that. Hopefully we can make it through and back on the upswing with lower interests or lower inflation and just make it a little bit easier for Americans to buy the groceries and the things that they need in the future. But we'll keep watching those metrics. 
Additionally, we saw in the news more about the Biden doc. So this is an ongoing story and people have been comparing it to Trump. It's really not an apples to apples comparison when you look at it because these documents were immediately when they were found, Joe Biden's lawyers handed them over to the Department of Justice. And now they're even taking the next step of having an investigation. So there's a special investigator, special counsel being put onto this case to make sure that everything was followed and that there was no malfeasance in this. From all accounts, it looks like this these were documents that were put in with other documents and in a locked and secured location. Biden simply didn't know that he had them. And there are thousands and thousands of documents like this with varying levels of security. And a lot of times, especially with agencies that are dealing with national security, they will often put, they will often put classified documentation on it just to make sure that it's taken care of, but it might not be the highest priority. So we'll find out more about that. I'm happy with the steps that are being taken. I'm happy that there's an investigation because here's the difference between Democrats and Republicans, by the way. I'm not going to sit here and say, absolutely, there was nothing without a doubt. I'm not just going to defend Joe Biden because he's a Democrat like me without wanting him to be held accountable. No, we want him to be held accountable. Now, we don't want him to be somebody who is subjected to legal attacks and things like that for without reason. But this seems to be something that wasn't properly handled and they're trying to take the right steps towards it. And I feel like looking into it is the right thing to do. This is the difference. The people who are following Trump, they say that they say that he was fine and there was nothing wrong and the best documents or whatever kind of malarkey he always says, they're following him. They're putting him on a pedestal. We don't do that. Let me just tell you that. Right there. If somebody does something wrong, we want them held accountable. If Al Franken isn't the poster boy for Democratic over responsibility, I don't know what is. Considering that George Santos is still in Congress, Kevin McCarthy is totally fine with it. The Nassau County Republicans have asked for George Santos to resign because of his wild lies, and now have additionally also four Republicans in Congress have also called for his resignation because his lies are so beyond the pale when it comes to integrity. But anyway, so looking forward to that. And Merrick Garland has also been doing the right thing, handling this at the Department of Justice. So I wanted to end just a little bit on a sad and reflective note. We've just passed here in Southwest Florida, the 100 days since the hurricane, Hurricane Ian had decimated our community. And it's a bit of a somber marking of time, passing of time. For some of us, further inland, things are really back to normal. Even shops downtown Fort Myers have come back, but not all of them. There are still many shops and restaurants that are non-functioning because of the massive amounts of water that came into those areas. They're, they still haven't removed the boats from all the different locations. In fact, there's one place that is on the way to my children's school every morning that I call the boat party. And they just this week got the crane, the massive crane needed to move these boats off land there so that they can start moving those away. That is still happening. Many places are just simply not going to be able to come back. They just opened Sanibel Island and Fort Myers Beach is still has a really long way to go. There have been massive 
properties bought. So this is also something that's going on. And frankly, that's been a big worry for people, especially folks on Pine Island. There have been plenty of disaster capitalists who've been running around here in Southwest Florida, buying up properties that the managers and the owners just simply don't want to take care of anymore. Many of these, by the way, are also like RV communities, mobile home communities that had housed seniors, veterans, low-income folks, things like that. And the they're being bought up and these folks are being encouraged to move and leave and they're being upgraded, right? It's just another word for gentrification at this point. Those Some of those communities were some of the hardest hit, significant amounts of damage. And it, they're facing now the next crisis of these new owners raising rates and evicting them. So we're seeing a lot of strife for people who have been affected by the hurricane here in Southwest Florida. And also big news is that the restaurants on Fort Myers Beach, if you've never been to Fort Myers Beach, it's this, it was this kitschy kind of small town and like feeling like little shops. There were some bigger ones going in. We had Margaritaville coming in and, but there was still a lot of old Florida feeling there. And that's one of the draws for it. And the restaurants there by the pier just were completely wiped away. And that property has now been bought by Pinchers, which is a chain food restaurant. And apparently they're going to keep the the names and the restaurants and potentially the owners and the folks that are there, but their whether and how they can build depending on the new regulations of building after the hurricane is still up in the air and how much control and the quaintness that is going to be there is also going to be up for question. Margaritaville bought the oldest in a location here on the beach as well. So Margaritaville is just like this giant Jimmy Buffett inspired resort. I'm sure it's going to be cool, but it's really sad to see it come, the cost of this being the loss of old Florida, but Hurricane Ian really wiped them out. So we'll have to see. But the reason I started talking about this, not only just because of the recent commemoration of it, but that this week, the using dental records, the final missing person, or the, there's still one more person, but one of the last missing people from Hurricane Ian had been identified as 82-year-old Alonka Ness. And she was found in the mangroves in an inaccessible location. So they did not find her body until Tuesday. So that was just two days ago. And then they, they had identified her and it was 0.16 miles from her home. Her husband had also been found deceased, not too far away. So it was a sad thing to think about. And just like the heartbreaking component of her body being just left to the elements and the animals for more than a hundred days after this hurricane, because it was that bad and continues to be that bad. There's still submerged cars. There are places that you can't get to and they haven't returned the shimmering fleet altogether. I mean, there's just a lot of stuff. Keep thinking about those folks and what we're going to do here and hoping that we have some responsible leadership coming out of this, although it's not looking promising. And condolences to the family of Alanka, but also all of the seniors that passed. There were 74 people who died in Lee County as a result of Hurricane Ian, and the vast majority of them were seniors. And that has everything to do with the failed response of the local officials, including the county commissioners, their delay in the evacuation orders of more than 12 hours based on their own protocol that they were supposed to follow. That would have saved lives, in particular, it would have saved the lives of 
those seniors living in and around the beach areas who paid with their life for the wishful thinking of Lee County commissioners and those who are in power for just wishing that the hurricane wasn't going to be as bad instead of recognizing the real threat that we had. So thanks for joining me here today on that note and really hope that if you do want to get involved, there are still some agencies out there helping. You can feel free to drop me a line. You can send us a message at info at bigmouthmediafl.com. And otherwise, we'll see you next time here. I'm Dr. Cindy Banyer, and this has been Dr. Cindy Speaks, the Daily Diatribe. See you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Dr. Cindy Speaks. If you'd like to learn more about her, go to cindybanyer.com or connect with her directly at vote at cindybanyer.com. We love connecting with people.